Good evening, and welcome to another bone-chilling installment of Late Night Story Hour. Tonight's story features a cargo ship, Arctic ice, strange midnight happenings, and a siren's call. Let's take a listen. Maybe they'll leave me alone, but they never do. I blink and I'm on the ice again. It's cold. My breath is like a steam in front of me. I walk across a white expanse that extends as far as you can imagine towards a vanishing sightline. It's astonishingly beautiful. I am told by my companion that I am crying. There are no mountains, no valleys, no trees. I see only a flatness that seems to focus and bend towards the horizon. The world of this dream is inhospitable, it's cold and clear. My companion disappears. I see that I'm alone. I continue walking without my gear and boots. I have a destination in mind, but I cannot see it. I cannot see where the ice stops and where the sky begins. I become frustrated with my slow progress. And suddenly, it is clear that I am being pursued. When I wake, I am drenched with sweat. I've had this dream before. Sending this over an open channel. My name is Jens Watson, and I am the captain of the icebreaker FB Abigail. For four weeks, we have not seen another ship at our latitude. This is unusual, even in the furthest north. The ice is closed in and is thicker than predicted. We are not stuck, but we are moving slowly. The current temperature is negative 33 degrees Celsius, and the wind buffets us from the northwest. Our cargo is quiet and secure. Something strange is happening. Something is wrong with our ship. Our instruments have shorted out and behaved inexplicably. One of the engineers has noticed an increase in magnetism. Our ship is listing to starboard as if she is being pulled north. When our board goes dark, there is nothing to orient us out here except for the path that we've cut through the ice. It stitches up quickly this time of year. We're operating with a small crew, and it's dark, or half-dark, all of the time. We navigate by calm and travel with our running lights. The ice beyond the light's edge is almost complete. 
You can stand on deck and see nothing beyond that edge, beyond that cushion of light. Some of the men on watch have reported hearing strange sounds. They're coming over the ice, a low singing, audible only in snatches from the rear deck. The darkness has made tracking these occurrences that much more difficult. Anything could be out there on the ice outside the scope of our running lights. We would glide right past it. week has passed. We've seen no other ships, and our GPS shows no activity other than our own. Each day we turn forward over the ice. The crew is complaining of headaches. I have them myself. The ship has begun vibrating violently at certain hours, as if the ice were deeper than our measurements. Our bow churn is barely able to thread its rotation. In our stillness, I've come to think of our ship as a circle of light surrounded by an almost pitch darkness. This morning, we entered a pressure flow that was almost entirely clear. The ice was as dark as the sky. In this evening, just after supper, we heard what I can only describe as some sort of beacon or distress call coming to us over the ice. At first, it was the most beautiful sound, a low, pulsing drone, pleasing, like a set of strings warming up before an orchestra. It sounded in some ways like our engine, but pitched slightly higher. I asked the mate if he heard it too. He answered yes. We listened from the bridge as we moved through the dark. As the sound intensified, I could feel it blooming in my chest. A warm sensation began to make its way through my body. I felt calm. I felt at peace. But then, as it had begun, it stopped in the silence. The complete absence of that particular sound was devastating. I said nothing to the mate. He said nothing to me. But others had heard it too. On deck, the crew wore earphones for the cold and communication, and through those cones, the sound had been amplified. They were aghast. They had been undone by the sound. They said it sounded like a child screaming. They would not return to the deck. I relieved them of their duty. I slept fitfully. Again, I dreamed of the ice, but this time, I was a great whale, and I swam below it. 
I moved gracefully through slanted columns of light. I felt like I was being born. I woke to the sound of an engine alarm. When I arrived at the bridge, I saw that the mate was shaken. I asked what had happened. Without a word, he pointed out the window, and I saw that one of the men I'd relieved from duty earlier now stood on deck. He was not wearing his weather gear. He wore no clothes at all. He frozen and was dead where he stood. Suicide, the mate said. The cook saw him leave. I didn't believe him at first, but I've seen his body. There was blood coming from his ears. He had turned to face north and held out his hands as if calling for someone or waiting for someone to return. What I hear is so beautiful, it comes only at night. I listen from my bunk and it is like being inside a pillar of light. When I was young I felt this way. Our radio has been silenced. There has been no contact with anyone off the ice. There is no one out there who can tell us what to do. There is, in one's life, a spinning darkness. We plunge out of it, and color is born. Streaks of it, patches, red and yellow, purple, gold. You make shapes out of that color, and you try to make sense out of what you're seeing. Meaning coheres. And for a moment it seems that nothing matters, and that everything you have seen will hold forever. The darkness is returning. It always was. Knowing this unlocks nothing. When my son was born, time became something that happened to somebody else. And I remember during those endless nights, wrapping him close in his blanket, pinning his arms at his sides, cradling him, trying while holding him to mimic the movement of the ocean. I told him to be quiet, that all was well, and that now was the time for sleep, sleep, sleep. But I had it wrong. Love is the only thing that matters. I am here in my bunk. I am holding my son. He is looking at me and smiling. Somebody take care of him. Holding my son. That's what I will miss the most.
Thank you for listening to Late Night Story Hour. That's all for now. Join us next time when we return with another harrowing tale.